In our house, one of our favorite um, books or series of books is the Chronicles of Narnia. And through reading those books, I almost feel like Lucy is my friend because I've heard so many descriptions of her and stories about her and seen um, in those stories how she acts. Now, Lucy's not a real person. She's just a made-up character in a story. But in the same way that I get to know her in that book, I can get to know Jesus for real um, through the true story of the, the Bible. And when we read about the things that he says and the things that he does in the Bible, we learn about who he is so much so that we are actually getting to know him better. Um, and we can enjoy him through his descriptions in the Bible. So I hope that as we read, um, you'll get to know Jesus and learn to just love and adore him and worship him. I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. I'll give you a little bit of context before we read. Um, So this chapter starts out talking a lot about Herod. That's the focus of the the very beginning. And Herod has been hearing about Jesus, his fame, his miracles, all of that. And he thinks maybe, maybe this guy is John the Baptist who I had beheaded. Okay, so then by way of a little roadmap, Matthew takes us on a little journey back in time and tells us the story of what had happened with John the Baptist. Now we know from previous readings that he had been in prison and we find out why he was in prison. Um, Okay, so the Herod family is very confusing because their names are basically all Herod. (laughs) There's Philip Herod, there's Herod the Tetrarch, there's Herodias. They're almost all like the same name, and it's a super convoluted and confusing family. But Herod um, had basically been um, having an adulterous relationship with his brother's wife. So his brother Philip Herod, his brother's wife, and her name is Herodias. Um, And from history, um, historical records, her daughter's name was Salome. And so um, John the Baptist had told Herod, this is wrong. Um, He had told her, it's not lawful for you to have this woman. And because of that, Herod had put John in prison. Now, in our story today, there's going to be a birthday party, and it's it's gruesome. It's pretty gory what happens. Um, And we also learn something about keep making oaths (laughs) that you... Uh, don't want to keep. An oath is like a promise. Like if you say, I swear I will do such and such. Um, We need to keep our oaths. So we need to be very careful about when we make oaths, right? And Herod is going to experience that in our story today. Okay, so then the story jumps back from the death of John the Baptist to the present day. And Jesus has been hearing about Herod's questions, that Herod has been Um, wondering about him, about his miracles, and thinking maybe he's John the Baptist raised from the dead, and all of this. Okay, so there's a little roadmap about where the story goes. And from there, we have two pretty astonishing 
miracles that happen. All right, let's dive in and start reading. So we are in Matthew, and we're in chapter 14. We're just going to read the whole chapter today. Matthew chapter 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He's been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people, because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he commanded it be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages to buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking on the sea, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. 
And when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick, and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Well, I started off um, today giving you a little context about the story and showing you kind of Matthew's roadmap, partly because for most of my life, I misunderstood this story. Um, I assumed that Jesus heard about the death of his cousin and went away to a desolate place because he was sad and he wanted to grieve. Uh, But I'm sure Jesus was sad when he heard about his cousin's death, but that's not what this story is telling us. When we're careful readers, we learn that what the news that Jesus heard before he went away to a desolate place was that Herod had been asking about him. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why Jesus went away to this desolate place. Um, We can make some smart guesses, but we don't know exactly. It may have been that it was not in God's sovereign plan for him to go and talk to Herod yet. Um, It may have been that um, he had... He didn't want these false rumors to spread, and leaving was the best way to kind of just quiet things down. And in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke, those authors tell us that Jesus' disciples had just come back from their missionary trip, um, and they went away to rest. So it may have been that Jesus withdrew to a desolate place with his disciples so that he could rest with them and find out how their missionary trips went. We don't know exactly Um, But the point is, is that we need to be very careful readers of the Bible to kind of find out exactly what does it really say. Now, I want to point out something in this story because it it, it just hit me as I've been reading it more recently. Um, But Jesus here, he goes away. He's maybe with his disciples, um, but away from the crowds, away from most of the people. And the crowds follow him anyway. He doesn't get to go be alone because they follow him. And what does he do? What's his response? He has, says he has compassion on them and he healed their sick. And then, and then we find out that he feeds them. And I just was, um, I was struck by that because I compare it to myself. Uh, life is busy and often I want to go and be alone and people will come and find me and bother me. My family members or just someone will call me. Um, needing something from me and I think I just wanted to be alone and I get so crabby at them but here um, my precious Savior when he wanted to be alone and the crowds followed him he didn't respond with irritation towards them he didn't send them away he welcomed them he had compassion on them he healed them and he cared for their needs Um, and so I want to be more like Jesus in the way that I respond to people around me And then he does this miracle. He takes five loaves of bread and two fish, and he feeds. um, It says there's 5,000 men besides women and children. So they don't record how many women and children there were. They're recording how many men. So, you know, assume that most of those men probably had someone with them, a child or a wife or maybe even a wife and children. So this is a huge crowd of people and they are all fed and you notice 
in verse 20, it says they all ate and were satisfied. So not, they didn't just get like a teeny little nibble of bread. They ate enough that they were satisfied and they had been there all day long. Um, so they were probably pretty hungry. This is an amazing amount of food. <laughs> Any event planner would look at this and be like, whoa, <laughs> it's just impossible. And after the story, Jesus sends his disciples out in a boat across the sea, and he does go off to be by himself for a while. So Jesus does um, get his opportunity to be alone after this story happens. And then it says that in the, um, what is it, the fourth watch of the night. So that's like between um, three and six in the morning. So think about these disciples have been pe- have been rowing their boat against the wind all night long, and they haven't. Um, they're just uh, stuck out in the middle of the lake, and Jesus comes walking to them and meets them in the middle of this storm that they're in. And then we have this interesting situation with Peter, and he says, "Your Lord, if it's you, command me to come out to you." And Peter, Peter has a huge amount of faith. He steps out onto the water and goes to his Lord. But when he sees um, the wind, he has some doubts and he begins to sink. But then he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus says to him, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? I think that's a really, it's a really sweet picture of Peter. You know, Peter knew Jesus very well. Um, he was very close to Jesus. He was one of his, um, sometimes it's called like his inner three. Um, so one of his closest disciples. And he had just seen him feed 5,000. Peter had been there the whole time and seen, you know, most of Jesus's miracles and um, things that he had done, but he still had a doubt. He still looked at those waves and had a doubt. He was still um, just as human as I am. And look at how tenderly and sweetly Jesus responds to him. He doesn't get angry at him. He just says, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And Jesus takes care of him and they get back in the boat and the storm ceases. And what's the response to that? It's worship. The disciples say, truly you are the Son of God. And then there's even more healing that happens when they get to the other side of the lake. So what do these stories mean for you? Who is Jesus in these stories? What is he like? What did you learn about him? He is compassionate. He's tender-hearted. He is the Son of God. He can walk on the water. He can produce massive amounts of food. Jesus can take care of physical needs, and he can take care of our spiritual needs, our spiritual hungers. He is compassionate and tender-hearted. And he, like in the story of Peter walking out on the water, Jesus is able to hold us up. You know, we can follow him, even into really... Um, scary situations and in dangers. We can follow Jesus through those things and have faith that he will sustain us and hold us up and bring us safely through. Um, I hope that as you read these things, you learn more about him and get to know him better. All right, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. Do you, do you have it memorized yet? It's Psalm 37 verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. One thing that helps me when I'm trying to memorize verses is sometimes to make up actions to go with them. So maybe try do that and think of what would be a good what would be some good hand actions that you could do with this. Let's say it one more time. Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm so glad that you joined me today once again. Um, Just to remind you, in the show description, I do have a few links um, that you or your parents can follow. One is you can follow me on Facebook, and I try to update the shows on there as regularly as I can. Um, I also have a link to some Bible verse cards that you can print off for free. Um, and you can cut those out. You can laminate them or you can, you know, tape them to your bathroom mirror so that you can practice your memory verse while you brush your teeth. You know, whatever works for you. Um, and then I also have a link to my website. I, I write on a blog. Um, it's not really for kids. It's more for parents, but your parents might enjoy it. So um, encourage them to go and check those things out. And we'll see you next time.